Hi everyone, this is Kishore Chandra and uh, we're here for Chit Chat. We come on here every evening at 6 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time and we talk about spiritual topics uh, with myself and Jay Jagannath Prabhu. And uh, it's been 130 something episodes, it's pretty crazy. So we're happy to keep on going and to keep on talking about Chit, about spiritual science, spiritual knowledge. And of course, um, we get into conversations about politics. We've been speaking a lot about identity recently, which has been very nice and interesting. And um, yeah, how identity... Oh, hi, Indulaika Devi. Hare Krishna. Hare Bol. Welcome, everyone. Hare Bol, Geneva. We'll get started in just a moment. We're just waiting for our dear Prabhu, our dear friend, Jai Jagannath. Welcome Sid, Harry Bowl, welcome Kavi, welcome, welcome, Hare Krishna, Hare Rama. We're just waiting for our wonderful Jaya, Jaya Jagannath. <laughs> I hope everyone's having a wonderful day. Yeah, yesterday's chit chat was very interesting. I feel like we went into so many interesting directions. And um, oh, welcome Pat. And so today will be interesting because I think we can go in various different directions. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome Ian, Russell, Adi Hall, Yogini, Kel. Welcome everyone. Hare Krishna. Jay Jagannath is here. So we will tap him in. Here we go. Here we go. Hmm. Hare Kripal. I made it. You did. I'm surprised. I was like wondering. I was like, I hope, I hope everything's okay. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Okay. Oh. Well, you are in a new location. I am. But the, my connection seems good. I can hear you. Is it not moving? No, it's moving. I think there's just a little bit of a lag, unfortunately. <sighs> okay, what to do? What to do? I think it's fine. I think it's fine. So you were giving a background what we were, you said we can go many different directions today, which direction yeah. would like to go? I don't know, because remember basically yesterday we were speaking about well, we were speaking about a lot of things. Like, I didn't even know what to name the episode. Because it was like we were talking about archetypes, and we were talking about identity politics, and we were talking about um, a lot of stuff with like Greek theater and like the uses, like the the real uses of, of theater and drama, kind of to spiritualize life, to uh, kind of purify the heart like this. We spoke a lot about entertainment yesterday. I use that whole etymology of entertainment in a yoga Did you look it up? No, I didn't look it up. I just took your word for it. Well, I mentioned I wasn't perfectly clear about that anyway, whatever. <laughs> but, um, but no, um, we talked a lot about entertainment, holding people in place, kind of like passive reception of cultural indoctrination like this. And uh, the conversation was very nice yesterday in regards to in regards to like i remember like towards the end we were just like kind of like 
calling it as it is, you know, like it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Like sometimes it can be very, we can delude ourselves into thinking that like I can play with these identity politics or I can participate in these identity politics without getting subsumed by them or without getting so affected by them. But, you know, case in point is that that's, that's not, that's not how it is. You know, I, I take one step into that pool of like, you know, identifying with the material body. It just kind of like, it just, it, it becomes a whirlpool all of a sudden and you get sucked into it. And something that I really like that you brought up yesterday, it's kind of been sticking with me today, is that we were speaking, because the reason we said that is because when you take that dip into the pool of, you know, entertainment, into that pool of identifying with the material body and the pool of identifying with, you know, a very strong politic or a very strong identity, is that there are, there are images, there are cultural like learnings, and by cultural I don't mean like culture, Ecuador, America, Europe, I mean like in that kind of like, you know, in that kind of like, um, not ambiance, that's not the word, environment, in that environment, any environment has its own like, you know, ethos, and it's gonna like mm. come into you anytime you participate in it it's going to come into you. And I think that the, 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 what's it called? We kind of mentioned yesterday that like, the mentality is like, yeah, I can just kind of like, make my way through them unscathed. And we said that that's not the case at all, because rather those impressions, they stay with you. They stay with you for a very long time. <clears throat> just uh, check in about the word entertain. I typed it into the dictionary. Okay. Um, it's late Middle English from the French, some French word is there, based on the Latin, some Latin word is there, <laughs> among, to hold. The word originally meant maintain, continue, maintain in a certain condition, mm. treat in a certain way, mm. like this. Interesting, so yeah, maintain in a certain conditions. Yeah. Um, as far as what you were just ending up with, um, I there's a the word for matter in Sanskrit. Well, one of the words for matter in Sanskrit is jada. Mm. So the word jada means dull, and mm. it's usually a word that is used to refer to dull matter. The word jada also means cold. Interestingly mm. enough, so the when you engage with matter more and more and more then what happens is the intelligence becomes dull. Mm. And also one becomes time also. Yeah. All right, just doing a chit-chat thing and all right, cool. Um, when you engage more and more with matter, the intellect becomes dull, which is interesting because it's also matter, but anyway, we'll get back to that. Mm. And you one becomes cold. So you see people who have engaged in a lot, just taking the examples we're using, indulging in a lot of the forms of entertainment today, is mm -hmm. literal an, an excessive engagement with matter. Mm -hmm. So the more we have done that, the more our intelligence, which is supposed to be the special function of human life, mm -hmm. an intelligence that has an ability to doubt beyond what it's seeing and mm -hmm. to reason to something beyond just the purview of the eye. 
But when you engage with matter more and more and more and more, that becomes dull. So our ability to make discernment becomes lost. And the, re the result of that also is one becomes cold. Mm. And largely speaking, people, uh, especially in the cities, you see this a lot. People are like quite apathetic. Yeah. Or cold, just like, yeah. and it's even considered somewhat of a like, like a um, virtue to mm. almost be like, I don't give up. That's almost seemed like a like a glorious thing to be like, not caring to go through partners like it's nothing to go through jobs like it's nothing um, to mistreat people. It's that's also considered like a glorious thing. So this mm. is all the effect of engagement with you know matter or or said another way when we're not engaging with higher ideals mm -hmm. ideals that allow the intelligence to reason beyond itself uh, because that's really when you talk about an intelligence that thinks about spiritual topics you're talking about an intelligence that's reasoning beyond itself mm -hmm. and hoping to discover something that's transcendent but we've largely lost that in the modern culture because we've too much engaged with matter. Our intelligence has become so dull, now we need artificial intelligence, isn't it? Mm. Uh, because now the intelligence we have isn't working properly, so now we need someone else to be intelligent for us. So this is the, the effect of the Jada cultures, the cultures that have uh, taken the pursuit of happiness only in terms of well, in the industrial or the pursuit of happiness translation to the pursuit of things. Mm -hmm. And so as we've gathered more and more and more things, we've become more and more dull and more and more cold. Mm -hmm. Now, a cold person can do anything crazy and also evil. Yeah. So what we're seeing now is what you would expect to see from a culture that's so focused on materialism. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what I was thinking when you were bringing up that point. When, when someone becomes cold, when someone becomes jaded or indifferent, in specifically in regards to, I'm thinking about specifically in regards to entertainment. The entertainment, we see it. It, it becomes more garish. It becomes more extra. It becomes more profane, you know, profane outlandish, pushing the boundaries, you know. And I like... You know, and people are seeing this as a as a virtuous thing, but it's like you know that profanity reaches a certain breaking point, you know, and it's like we are we are seeing that, you know, we there's so many examples to bring up currently that's going on in our in our you know political leaders and the entertainment industry like this, where it's just like you reach a certain level where it's like. There's no, there's no coming back from that. Like, that's like pretty, you know, intense. And so I really appreciate you bringing that because especially you said something I wanted to amplify that like, if, I, if my mind isn't looking to higher things or if it's not practicing, you know, it's not bringing in a practice to commune with higher things, then it's literally just the nature of this material world that I'm gonna become jaded. I'm gonna, my mind will become dull. I will look towards my senses to fulfilling me, you know? And, uh, and that's, that's the facts, you know? So it's like, it's either... Well, the, it's, the material world is an inherently depressing place. Um, although a lot of the modern spiritual circles tries to paint a happy picture of the material world, um, it's inherently a, a, a miserable place. Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita, 
he uses several adjectives to describe the material world. Dukalayam is one, you know, a house of misery. So I was, you know, no matter which room you go in the house, miserable. You go in the bathroom, miserable. You go in the master bedroom, miserable. You go in the basement, miserable. So it doesn't matter what position you take in the material world. You know, you can be on the lower scale of society or the higher scale. It's miserable for everyone. Um, Christians use the word asukam. Asukam means is not happy. You know, just to clarify, I guess misery wasn't enough to clarify. So it's, a, it's not a happy place. Um, and this is often viewed today as negative. But unless you're sufficiently pessimistic about material things, then you're not going to think to move beyond it or go higher. So that's, pessimism is like a really important thing in spiritual life. And <laughs> that may seem anti-spiritual, but it, it is because, again, when you're not, why is that? Saying in the context of this, what we're saying right now. When you're not, when you're optimistic about matter, you engage with matter more. And the result of engagement with matter more is that you become dull like matter. Matter is insentient. So the more you engage with it, the more you become dull, the more you become cold. And once you become cold, you can do anything evil because your heart has become apathetic. Um, so pessimism has its place in spiritual life to uh, kind of contract, contract, yeah, contraction, yeah, a contraction away from matter and towards something divine. Um, COVID in the world situation has broken a really powerful illusion for a lot of us. Not totally because maya is mad strong i mean you could be in hell and think like i'm chilling it's good like there's a story here sidebar this is an aside but there's a story where indra who's the king of heaven he um gets cursed to become a, a hog later on lord brahma who's like the architect of the universe comes to indra in his hog body and says okay now you can read you can take up your post again as king of heaven. And he's like, I'm chill. I'm doing good. I got my piglet wife. I got my piglet kids. So I don't need to go to heaven. And so that's how powerful my is that the jiva the, in any condition will squeeze out a little bit of happiness and be like, I'm good. Um, so that's just a general problem of condition life. So even though life is always miserable, I think a lot of the world we were living, well, that's not true. At least in the, in the USA, especially. And I imagine a lot of the Western world, there was like a strong illusion about happy, like you can be happy in this material world, you have to work hard, you can be successful, and, you, and that will equate to happiness. And the world situation has caused a pessimism to come up about the nature of material things. Unfortunately, and that pessimism is a, um, which is, is a good thing for, uh, um, because it allows for teachable moments. Uh, when you're embracing matter and thinking that you're happy, you're not ready to receive. When you get pessimistic because of some disturbing situation in the environment, it allows for a teachable moment. The misfortune is that our culture is so secular, is that, that pessimism becomes another burden that ends up destroying the man, destroying. I was asking today, we were in the store um, buying some boga for our little camping trip up here. 
Um, I'm in Vermont. Uh, I don't really know where that's at, but I think it's like really close to the northernmost part of New York and in Canada, somewhere like in that area. Yeah. Anyway, um, we were shopping for Boga, and I was like, man, I have all this Sambandha again, like all this knowledge of Gita and Bhagavatam, and I'm struggling, like anything, anything. I'm like <laughs> struggling. Like on a day-to-day -day basis. I'm not going to go into details of that because I don't want to make y'all too depressed because I'm supposed to be spiritual. <laughs> I'm supposed to be like thriving, you know? You know, they have these images of like the memes of people who are like introverted or spiritual and how this is like a really great period to be thriving. I'm mm. like, where's the thriving? I'm waiting for it. It has not mm. showed up to my doorstep yet. Mm. So I'm like, with all this knowledge and everything, I'm struggling. How do these other people like manage their lives? Mm. Like, I really want to know. And... Uh, we came to the conclusion sex and drugs. <laughs> that was the conclusion we came to. Of course, we're probably being a little facetious because we're like spiritual, so we're supposed to be better than people. So we just, <laughs> you know, said something like judgmental, like sex and drugs. But I think there might be something to that also. The point that I'm wanting to bring out is that the material world is highly, uh, it's inherently negative in one sense. So it's going to be a lot of negative experiences that you have because it's the nature of the place. We live in a strong illusion, especially in the Western world. And that illusion has been forcibly broken and it's causing a pessimism to come up, which is great because pessimism creates a teachable moment. But because of the largely secular world, the pessimism is itself also becoming a great burden that's, that's going to destroy lives. You know, maybe for a few people, they might have the tendency to reach out to God or something spiritual. But that's not going to be the instinct of the pessimistic man in the modern world to do so. Mm. Um, and not having anything higher, more ideal, more spiritual to reach out to, then what are you left with? You're left with more matter, drugs, sex, more engagement with matter. Just to, and it, really, the whole purpose of that is also jada, right? To make you numb to any sort of feeling. And, and then from the numbness, of course, as we mentioned, the the transgression against life mm. you're beginning with your own life where you yeah. might commit suicide or you just don't even care how degraded you become and then transgressions against the lives of other living beings i think it's really interesting a lot of everything that you're saying is resonating with me and i just think it's really interesting because we've mentioned this on chit chat before where it's like not having that higher power, not having a relationship with, with, the, with divine divinity, with God, with Krishna. Like, I honestly, I feel personally very grateful for that. I can't imagine, you know, what it's like not to have that. Because I think that, I think that, like, the current state of the world is making people ask a lot of questions. You know, what am I doing here? What's my purpose anyway? You know, a lot of people's careers are just, like, gone. They're just gone. A lot of people's, you know, obviously there's like the real thing of like death. There has been a lot of death. A lot of people's careers, who knows when they're going to come back. Like the whole industry has changed like this. So you've, you see a lot of people starting to like chip away at those questions of like, well, what am I even doing? What's my purpose? What's this? What's that? What's this? What, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the thing about those questions is that like the deeper that you go into those questions, you're eventually gonna get to a point of like, you're gonna have two choices. One is either you accept, you know, a higher power and divinity, or the other one is you continue, like you mentioned, you continue associating with matter and become more dull, become 
you know, nihilistic as opposed to pessimistic. You become, uh, you like embrace meaninglessness. And when you do that, you know, and lots of people do, that's when you, that's, that's when like the transgressions start to become very, what's the word, like un irrevocable, you know? And we see that, like we, we see that through like, like we mentioned at the beginning, you know, like people in Hollywood, corrupt leaders like this, like doing irrevocable things, which is just like, you know, and I think I think it's very naive of us to think that that wouldn't happen to us. You've mentioned this quite a few times before, which I very much appreciate. Like how many of us could say that we would be put in a position of power? You often use the example of the American, the current American president. Like how many of oh, us- Oh, he's he who should not be named. Okay, I got he, it. He, okay. Um, uh, how many of us can say that like, we could be in that position of power with that much influence, with that much money, with that much, you know, wherewithal, and just be like totally like making all the right decisions, being totally incorruptible, being pure and like, you know, I'm gonna set humanity straight. It's like, really? You know, like, no. We're all, yeah, we're all human. We're all human. And, um, I guess because we look at what we are now and most of us think that we're good people. Like I suspect most of us think that I think I'm a good person. I suspect you think you're a good person. Like overall, I got some stuff in the dirty laundry, but that's for me and God to work out. But overall, I'm a good person. You probably think that I imagine most people will come on here also think that the same. But um, because we, we, we're good people, at least as we view ourselves now, we may forget that we're also human. <laughs> and human nature is everywhere uniform. Um, in other words, humans all suffer with the same sort of weaknesses. And the same sort of principles work on a uniform level for humanity. That's why when you go to like a seminar about principles, they work for everybody. And so in the same way, there are certain things about human nature that's uniform that we all will be struggling with. You know, scripture tends to summarize it into these six enemies, lust, anger, greed, um, pride, delusion, envy. I may be missing one. There are six of them there, madness like this. Um, and we all struggle with that. Now, some of them are a little bit more prominent than others of the demons. You know, like, I know which demons I particularly focus with, which I'm not going to say on here because it's a little embarrassing. But, you know, there might be one that's prominent, but I struggle with all these demons, and so do everyone else here. It's just because it's part of nature. So humans, with our finicky natures, uh, we may be good people now, but we're also human. And the nature of humans is that the nature can be degraded, and that too suddenly. Um, so it's hard for us to, yeah, like, so going back to the, our initial point about pessimism. So you get pessimistic, you start asking all these existential questions and you don't have good answers to them. Maybe you're not finding them in your nihilistic books. You're not finding them in your existential books and you're reluctant to investigate them in spiritual literatures for whatever reason. Maybe your secular upbringing just made you totally antagonistic to anything spiritual. And all of a sudden you find your human nature asserting itself because of all the passion and ignorance that's coming into your psyche and you doing something that you never thought you would do before. Mm. And you like, you're crossing lines because you're human. 
And um, yeah, so if you, if, you know, I often wonder this, like, because we, as a culture, we don't tend to give that much importance to like metaphysical issues, like things that aren't profitable or things that you can't directly see with your eyes, like an ideal, and an, an ideal is metaphysical. So um, that's for the classroom and it doesn't get, sorry. But I wonder, now I wonder, I'd say that a lot of the problems we have are rooted in metaphysical, let's say negligence. Yeah. Uh, a, a negligence to deal with a lot of the metaphysical questions early enough so that when you come to these lower spaces in life, you have some clarity with those existential, like those, those things that keep you like kind of deeply rooted to something. You've already kind of asked those questions early and kind of prepared yourself so that when you get into those heavy spaces, you have something to draw from to keep you at least from drowning if not from if not flourishing those situations because we haven't had that well as a culture that is some of us were lucky enough to ask certain questions early enough and get answers that were satisfying to us early enough but as a culture that hasn't happened and so now we're in a very dangerous situation i also think it's really nice i think you mentioned this kind of yesterday or the day before yesterday i can't remember but we were talking about indoctrination and cultural indoctrination like this. And I think someone saying to you on the university campus, like you're the one who's indoctrinated or something like this. And your response right. was just like, yes, I am. It's like, Christian yeah, absolutely. Like this. And I guess the point that I was going to bring up, because I was thinking about that too. It's like, if you don't have a metaphysical kind of like groundwork about this world and like who I am as a being, as a soul, what the world is, like this, like this, then it's going to be, uh, it's going to be quite the, the conundrum, you know, like I'm not going to be able to figure it out. And I, what I was going to say was that I think that the majority of people, and I'm just giving a sweeping kind of generalization, you know, I think the majority of people accept a kind of like metaphysical ethos that they're not necessarily aware of, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's kind of just like, the cult, the societal cultural yeah. indoctrination. Because everyone, the majority everyone, people, everyone has a philosophy, whether you major, know it or not. Everyone has a philosophy. Everyone has a philosophy. But the majority of people aren't like, you know, studying all the Western philosophy books and studying all the Eastern philosophy books and being like, this one, I subscribe to this one. You know, like the majority of people, it's kind of like this passive acceptance, whether that be depending on country, on culture, on whatever. Whether it's kind of like this passive acceptance of like, this is how I think the world works. And since there's a lot of passivity there, then there's not that, you know, you, you, your, your kind of statement, which I love so much that the evolution of inquiry precedes the evolution of being. And so it's like, if my, if I'm not even able to ask the right questions about this like metaphysical landscape, because I've passively accepted what's been, you know, presented to me, you know, or, or, or kind of infused into me by my societal upbringing, then my being isn't going to evolve, you know, I'm going to just be stuck, I'm going to be, I'm going to be held in place, yeah, I'm going to be held in place like this. Entertained by life. Entertained by life. Yeah, so I guess the, what we're saying here, or maybe a message, a sort of take home point is that pessimism is a really good thing. Um, it's anyway part of life. It will anyway come to all of us at some point or another. COVID has provided a, a situation that brings up a lot of pessimism.
Mm-hmm. And it's a very good thing. Pessimism causes you to, is it contract away? Is that a good way of saying it? Contra- yeah. Like a con- yeah. contraction away from matter. Yeah. And kind of like moving your energies away from matter or more within yourself. Mm-hmm. The energies have a tendency to run outward, but because outward is looking a little bit crazy right now, come on home, boys. So yeah. bring those energies back in within yourself. And now, now you, the energies are there, you have to deal with these existential questions. The ones that have always been there on the shelf, but you just let them be there for a long time. Like sometimes we have this joke in our Christian kinds movement, because our Gita is called Bhagavad Gita as it is. So sometimes we would joke that the Gita is sitting on the shelf as it is for the last 20 years, as it is, like no one's touched it, it's dusty. So existential questions are like books that stay on shelves for years without being touched. They're yeah. kind of like always there. Who am I? What's the purpose of life? And so on. But we, we, our energies were so busy running outward that we never gave ourselves the time and space to deal with those questions. But now that we've run, we've, they're running outward, outward is getting burned to the ground, maybe on purpose, but that's my tinfoil hat coming on. Let's take it off. You know, so now your energies are retreating literally within your room because you can't really go to many other places. And now you have this space and you definitely have the time to deal with those questions that have been on the shelf for a long time. So this is very good. The pessimism is very good. The withdrawing the energies within yourself due to the pessimism, that is very good. The, the encountering of those existential questions within yourself that have always been there, that is also very good. Mm-hmm. where the modern human is running into difficulty despite all these opportunities is that there isn't a metaphysics that provides perhaps sufficient clarity or answers to those questions. Mm-hmm. And as a result, their pessimism and their withdrawing of their energies within themselves and their inquiries becomes a sort of burden mm-hmm. that ends up leading them back down the road of jada becoming mm-hmm. dull, mm-hmm. numbing themselves to that and going down. And it, it becomes quite scary. I was invited to come back to New York. Like, devotees are asking, hey, Jai, you want to come back to New York? And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm thinking about it. Maybe I'm just kind of interesting. And then I sent you that video the other day and about what's going on in New York. I was like, ah, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Like, New York is becoming crazy. You know, yeah. it's being over... Overrun, overran, overrun, overrun yeah. by like homeless people and degenerates basically who are, they've been, some of these people have been, give, been given like posh apartments to stay in and mm-hmm. they still choose to sleep outside. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I'm not even going to say what they're doing. They're staying outside and they're doing drugs and they're all other just like kind of gross things. Mm-hmm. And well, as far as me bringing this up, I don't want to go back to that. I don't want to go back to seeing all these crazy people. But at the same time, my heart does also go out to, you know, because people are like, well, this is an opportunity you can go preach to them. I'm like, um, you can go preach to them. <laughs> <laughs> if you think you got the Shakti to do so. Yeah. Um, I do also, like, I will say sympathize. Uh, I don't know if I can empathize fully, but I can say sympathize with the plight of the conditioned soul whose soul is maybe being crushed by the pessimism, by the, the questions that don't have good answers to them, by the withdrawing mm-hmm. the energies inside but not finding anything inside 
to nourish them. And so they need to go back outside towards jada, towards matter. I do sympathize with that for sure. And I would like to help. I don't know how I'm doing that. So in the meantime, I'm going to help by helping myself first because that's most important to me. And then maybe if I develop strength myself, I can go into these scenarios. But I do sympathize for the plight of the modern man that's stuck in this sort of like situation that's mm -hmm. created by a culture that has failed to nourish the soul. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I'm not going back to New York for sure. <laughs> uh, so that's clear, huh? Well, why aren't you going back? Don't you have any compassion? Well, I'm I like, yeah, gonna... I have compassion for the jiva. Yeah, I was going to agree with you. I was going to agree with you that I think that this COVID situation has brought up a lot for, for everyone, yeah. myself included. And personally, I think that each person, uh, devotee, spiritualist, spiritual aspirant, you know, whatever it is that you are, it's very important to be honest with oneself in regards to where you stand and how susceptible you are to the material energy and how much you are steady in your sadhana and your bhajan like this and i think it's it's just a really good thing to be honest about that because that's the most important thing and if that's not steady and if that's not you know strong then i can be thrown for you know i can be thrown for a loop as they say right i can just like go back to the preaching i can go back to like this and then who knows like this and uh, but no i was gonna i was gonna really say that it's like yeah, I, I sympathize. I think that's a good word to use with, the, with, with that for sure. But at the same time, it's like understanding. Maybe this is something we can talk more about um, tomorrow. Because I remember when I was, uh, I'll just bring this up a little bit, but we can talk about it tomorrow. I remember when I was a social worker, that's rough, yo. You know, like it's rough to be day in and day out, like actually doing that kind of work or actually like doing really intense preaching work. It's like really rough when you're coming up against the material energy, like day in, day out in a very kind of a, what's the word? Like in a very kind of like, um, intense is not the word. Kind of like in your face kind of way, you know, in a very like degraded kind of way, you see like how bad life can get, like you really see it. And so we've, talked a little bit about today how it's like that for some reason I'm thinking of like a I don't know this kind of like a, a meter you know a meter goes from zero to a hundred like this and, okay and, and I'm thinking that like you know when you're driving too slow you're not going to go anywhere you're going to be held in place when you're driving too fast you're going to crash into things and like you know take a bunch of people with you so you have to go at like a decent speed you have to go I don't know 50 miles an hour for those that are using miles or like 40 miles an hour like this. And so I really think about that because I mean, personally, I'm someone that struggles with extremes. It's either like, I got to go full force, all the projects, all the things, let's talk about Bhakti, blah, blah. or I, you know, I'm held in place and it's very easy for me to just like turn on that Netflix button and be like, let's get entertained and just like zone out. And so the hard part is really like, how do I, how do I stay steady? You know, and I think a lot of us are starting to figure that out right now in regards to like a lot of the externals being taken away from us, like you've mentioned. How do I stay steady even when a lot of the externals have been taken away? You've mentioned this question many times before. What if this situation continues for, for the next six months, 
for the next year? How can I stay steady amidst that, you know, really scary reality? And personally, I'm figuring that out for myself. <laughs> so I'll be here figuring it out um, like this. But I, I think it's an interesting point. Yeah, in Ecuador. In Ecuador. <laughs> in my cushy uh, house right now. <laughs> Hi. How wonderful. Congratulations. I hope you thank do you. well figuring that out. Thank you. <laughs> well, everyone, thank you all so much for, for joining us. We'll continue this conversation tomorrow at 6 p.m. We're here every evening, myself and Jay Jagannath, for our chit chat. Thank you all for being present, Kavi, and um, PB Chat, and uh, Waves Grace, I saw is there. So many wonderful people joining us every day. We're so thankful to all of you. Thank you, Indulika Devi, Daniel Prabhu, Hare Krishna. So we will see you all tomorrow at 6. Hey. Well, thank you, Jaya. Thank, thank you. you.